Oh. I bet I could edit that transition out even better. But Jason, good evening. Yes, yes. We it's are. It's a weeknight. Weekday night. Is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, typically we go on 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 the weekends as of late, but not yes. today. Today no. we're here on a on a weekday night with school tomorrow and everything. Yeah, Be- because the topic is that important. It's a very special Halloween episode. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I guess this is going live. What a, right, right around Halloween, Halloween. time. Yep. the perfect Halloween episode, metabolical. It sounds. Mm. It sounds like a Halloween thing, like Metallica. It does actually. It does. <laughs> it does. Probably not as cool, but anyways. <laughs> what what taste? What tasty beverage are you drinking that we'll realize we shouldn't be drinking by the end of this one? Yeah, dude. No doubt. This this damn book. Uh, so. Let's see. All right. Hang on. Whoa. Hang on. I think my audio is gone. Shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nope. There it is. There's so many audios to track. Um, What tasty beverage am I drinking? Well, first, episode 103. We're almost at two years, Jason. How how are you feeling about that? Jesus Christ. Not good. I don't have a choice. Feel powerful. No. Uh, I am pouring a (laughs) Bubble Stash IPA Cryo Hops. By oh, Hop Jesus. Valley Brewing, one of those like again make your own sampler things that my son and I went and picked up, mm. and um, I'm pleased with the color because it's kind of it's kind of being picked up on screen, kind of not. Go green screen, but yeah, it's it's kind of a pretty green can there. Um, let's let's just take a little live on air sample here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, of my obviously it's apple cider. It's not really beer. Um, of course not. We wouldn't promote drinking. This, this is like, <laughs> yeah, no t- um, a, an incredibly like it's it's not super hoppy. So if you're not into hops and you're looking for an IPA, these might be might be your folks. Um, I think it's, it's pretty. Like. Yeah, it's like six point two alcohol. Um, it's a fruity blend of tropical flavors with a touch of resin in this new age IPA. Yeah, mm. you know, it's all right. Bubble stash. I don't know. It's it's real light. <laughs> it's real light. I can't complain. What what about you, Jason? What are you drinking tonight? Well, I've got a War Pigs Brewing Four Phantoms American Blonde Ale. Ooh, a blonde. Yeah, so it's pretty good. This is the uh, Three Floyds McKelker, uh collaborative brewing thing so those are pretty good and i've got to back that up a little brew dog clockwork tangerine which is a tangerine session ipa with natural flavor nice dude i like it both pretty good very sweet different different ends of the taste spectrum there but still good stuff i've got a brown ale in in oh. the in the uh, cooler over here, to back me up, the mo- moose drool out of what is that Montana? Um, hmm. our, our buddy Caleb drinks that from from time to time, and I I think I <laughs> like that. And you know, a brown ale. It's it's getting cooler outside. Time to kind of mix it up here and uh, all things pumpkin spice. No, gross. Absolutely not. Um, and then I've got something else in there, too. I don't fucking know what. And then, like, a bang energy in case things get really, really out of hand and i got to wake up. I know you're wearing a pair of Uggs off screen right now, no, so I, don't. Yeah. You know, it, it's cold in this basement, Jason. i got to keep my, my feetsies fashionable and warm. Um, 
I gotta figure out how to send you a gallon of pumpkin spice latte <laughs> so you have to drink it on air. <laughs> fucking nuts. Like, like DoorDash rings the doorbell. They're like, here's yeah. your jumbo 64 ounce pumpkin spice. But it's, uh, but it's gonna be like in a shitty container. So it's like leaking out the side. I'm like, who sent me this? He's like, actually, he told me to sing you this song too. And then <laughs> breaks it chance about how it's from Jason um, <laughs> or, or, be, or better uh, better, uh, better yet you come home it's like where is there a brown box with stains oh, on the outside of it in gross. a puddle this, we gotta call the bomb squad <laughs> so that's that's a that's a oh, gallon, that's a burst gallon milk jug with a rotten pumpkin spice latte in it oh Jason that's, <laughs> I got you clearly I can tell who this is from no J- Jason sent me some coffee uh, the, the, the other day f- um, and uh, it smells amazing I I'm, I set up the the thing to brew some of it some all um, for, for my wife who complains that our crappy coffee's gotta go now that we're gonna try to cut back on creamer consumption because Jason made me read this fucking book um, <laughs> but it smells amazing um and uh, from oh, Smuggler's Coffee. Smuggler's Good Coffee, stuff. yes, and, you know, when, when we did morning podcasts, we'd always drink coffee and, and talk about mm-hmm. coffee. And um, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. If you're looking for a really, really cool um, you know, uh, company uh, that, that'll ship you coffee, uh, they might be my regular distributors now, Jason. So thank Ooh. you uh, for Fancy. showing me that. Um, and, and the magnets, too, are fucking badass, dude badass excellent excellent yeah i saw it gave you some free stickers and stuff so that's cool too i'm I'm glad pretty cool that's that's always a fun thing you get like little free swag and stuff like that totally totally so all right um well you've you've already led into the whole you're getting away from creamer so trying i'm gonna try i don't know where do you what do you want to what do you want to tackle this bastard i guess well what do you Preamble of how we both ended up reading this sh- show. I mean, I think I think we have to. So what? Uh, J- you shared some podcast with me. I shared, a, I shared a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's name is uh, Ethan Suplee. Is uh, an actor. Um, if you ever watched the movie Mallrats, he was the big guy. Um, if you ever watched My Name Is Earl, he was the big guy. <laughs> um, is he typecast? Yeah, a little bit. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Uh, so somewhere along the line, and I, I don't. Actually, have no fucking clue why I ended up listening to the podcast. Uh, but somewhere along the line, he got himself uh, under control, I guess, or is keeping. You know, I, I, that's sort of the whole thing of the thing of the podcast is. You know, he's he's got a. I, I mean, I guess for lack of better words, eating disorder, and the podcast is sort of about that and the process and you know the the mental stuff and you know all the everything so he has you know people on that talk about health and fitness and things like that and you know i, I kind of like it because i mean obviously the guy was you know fighting from a, a bad corner i mean it's not like he had a professional trainer and a chef and all that other shit you know he right you know right treated his body like garbage and reaped the benefits of that and then he turned it around and i i think i i like it because you know he's realistic where you know it's like yeah it's it is a challenge and you you know it's i think a lot of times when you see those uh you know hollywood transformations and all that they they don't really explain to you how that happens where you know you can look like the rock also if you have all the money that he has and don't have a day job and can afford a trainer and a personal chef and you don't have a day job so you can you know get up at 5 a.m. and stay up till you know the wee morning because you know all you got to do is 
look good and train hard and, and right. keep yourself going. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, the dude works. That's one of the reasons why I like The Rock so much. But right. realistically, he's if you want to look like... a dietitian. Yeah. He's got a staff. Yeah. And he's got the money and the time to do it versus yeah. you know regular and, fucks and, like us. And even even his like you know garbage meals are still far healthier than what most people would go and you know eat as a garbage meal. So it's it's like I don't know. You can't really compete that. But I, I that's what I like about this guy. He's you know I mean it's it's very realistic about it. You know he's, he doesn't have the money and the fame and the ability to have all that, but he's still actually you know sustain in shape and he's fighting that good fight so i think it's kind of it's kind of neat so you know this is not a it's not a podcast where you're like getting sold anything um and you know he seems more like a regular person than a lot of people that are in like the health and fitness industry so that's kind of why i like some of it uh but anyway so we i shared dan this one podcast because he this guy some uh, dr lustig uh wrote a book um you know, the premise of the book is basically that uh, most of what we consider, you know, health issues in America. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> Sorry, crazy man. stream. That's okay. Um, most of the, most of the health issues in America are not necessarily disease driven, but they're, uh, you know, diet driven. Um, you know, we eat garbage and we, you know, put shit in our bodies, and our bodies are basically, you know getting the crap kicked out of them and thus are susceptible to all kinds of disease shit that, you know, let's, uh, how do you, how do you put it this way? Um, ancient man mm-hmm. didn't worry about diabetes and not because he was going to get eaten by a saber to tiger, but it was because his diet was never going to make his body become diabetic. Right. And yeah, you know, it, it, it's the fad diet thing and the keto diet and all that stuff. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is like the interesting, I, I think the interesting thing about the book for me was that like, he makes the point of saying like, you know, vegans and, and the keto crazy people, you know, they're, they're pretty much trying to skin the same cat from different ends. Right. I mean, they, right. The, 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 the key is cleaning up what you're actually putting in your body. And we don't, you know, in America specifically, probably, I don't know the rest of the world. Cause you know, I, anytime I've ever been overseas or in another country, um, the way we eat in this country is uniquely our own. I will say that. I think that's probably the easiest way to say it. Um, and you know, we've got a lot of problems from it. So, right. Right. but that- he posits that that's the, that's the thing that's actually killing us. It's, it's not what we think it is. Um, mm-hmm. it's that we're just, you know, we're, we're beating up our body with the f- crap food we're putting in it. And the diseases we have are from that, not from, you know, whatever. Right. Well, whatever, and the, whatever, whatever, well what we think it is. A lot of the things that we think are the diseases are the symptoms. So like, I, I just dropped into chat, mm-hmm. like his, what, one of the things I like about the, the book is that again, this is a guy who's a doctor. He's a, he was practicing well, he's, he's a, pediatrician. But he's pediatric also endocrinologist. Yeah, but he's also an endocrinologist, and he's done scientific studies as well. And now he's kind of out of the field, um, and he's become kind of a uh, iconoclast. Like no, yeah, no one <laughs> wants to talk to him because most people in the field 
take funding from kind of big pharma or big food because you got to get funding somewhere, right? Um, and then end up having to make claims that aren't true or, you know, ignoring certain things like, well, yeah, we're going to talk about calories, but not, you know, what sugar does to you. Um, but what, what he, I think he explains it pretty well. And, and Jason, I, I like that you talked about like the keto and, and the vegan thing, because I think he, he says, you know, ideally vegans and, and keto folk who read this will agree with me. Like and see that like I'm really on their side. If you're eating an an all natural vegan, um, you know, uh, um, diet and doing it right and and supplementing properly, you're probably very healthy. Um, and likewise, if you're doing a good keto diet, um, and you're making sure that you're covering all all the basis of things that your body needs, um, and also eating good meats, um, then yeah, you're probably doing it right too. But it's when, you know, we're buying a TV dinner or hitting that fast food place um, that that we start really screwing it up. Um, so, so yeah, um, you know, and I, I'm keto. And I've been keto for a long time. I haven't been following it as well as, as I'd like to be. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to get back into it. Uh, and to me, this book, I mean, I'm, I'm with him. I think uh, this book reaffirms that. Um, it might show that I might need to also increase my leafy greens a little bit more and make sure I'm getting insoluble fiber more. Um, but it seems... It yeah, seems to support that keto will work as long as you're also eating celery, <laughs> like which a good keto diet should include, right? Um, but he also points out that like a lot of people follow those, you know, follow a fad diet and then they fall off the wagon within three or six months and, and that's it. Like if you want to eat real food, which is what he's advocating for, it needs to be like a full on lifestyle change. Like, no, we're going to commit to this. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're done eating fast food, or we're done ordering in random stuff, and uh, and it's it's here in America. I think you're right too to say it's 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 pretty hard. And the reason is he kind of lays out his three three immoral hazards in the book. Um, and so, an immoral hazard. So, a moral hazard is whenever you're you're doing something bad to kind of profit or, or make money, but you maybe didn't realize it was bad at the time. An immoral one is whenever you totally know that it's fucking bad, uh, but you're doing it anyway. And his first example is kind of like Big Tobacco. Like once Big Tobacco had the data that was like, oh yeah, smoking kills people, but they continued to sell and market cigarettes and pretend like it didn't cause cancer, wasn't bad for you, then it becomes an immoral hazard. Um, and he's saying that the big immoral hazards are our health insurance, medical insurance, um, our, our actual, you know, big pharma is tied to healthcare. And then of course, things like big food tied to things like factory farming, right? I've always kind of suspected that factory farming was, was not so good. <laughs> but Excuse me. I, I think I was more nervous about it because of, um, you know, the, the quality maybe of the meat or all the antibiotics that are put in it. Because uh, it put into the the meat, um, you know, into the cows, the pigs, the chickens, and so on. Uh, but he kind of lays it out that again, it's it's not just that stuff, um, but it's also what they're doing to the food, um, and and how it ends up being processed. So the fact that the chicken that I probably ate tonight was probably corn fed, or the beef ste- the the ribeye steak that I had last weekend was probably corn fed, and then had all that beautiful marbling on it is probably really bad because that probably means that it had a lot of omega-6 uh, fatty chain acids in it that are that are not balanced out in my diet properly because I don't have the right balance of omega-3s. So 
when you know when we start fucking with how we raise our our livestock right um and when we start messing with uh you know the the natural real foods that we should be eating because we're taking certain things out like probably healthy fats and replacing them with sugars right um Again, to me, this book just reaffirms everything, everything keto, because having been keto for a few years now, I spend so much time reading the the little shit, like the little food ingredient things on the back of stuff and going like, wow, there's sugar in like this turkey breast. It's a turkey breast. But um, it, there's sugar in it. Why? Uh, is hey, it cured? You, you get, no. You want to get you want to get real sick? Yeah. yeah. So don't forget, I worked for a company that did sugar. Oh, yeah. So here's one of the things <sighs> nothing is wasted when yeah. it comes to food sugar. Um, you know, corn syrup was a waste product until they figured out what they could do with it. Right. Um, we had stuff that got uh, had too much heat put in it. You put too much heat into a sugar or a sugar product, you, you know, you know, sort of initiate a phase change. Mm, didn't matter. We sold that to an energy drink company that was making sports drinks. Um, while I worked there, they told me a story about how the owners had uh, sort of done a minute, you know, a minute uh, miniature version of cornering the market of corn syrup. Uh, so they had a bunch of rail cars of it on hand, so quarter million pounds and up over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. well, they couldn't move it fast enough, so they actually found a concrete company that uses it as an additive uh, when pouring concrete. So sugar's even in our concrete. <laughs> Fuck, you kidding me? You kidding? That's me. what they told me. <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that at all, right? So um, and and it <clears throat> it makes sense when when you think about it. I mean, because it's a crystalline structure, right? Yeah. And um, and you know, it and the the problem with it is like it all goes down like the fucking rabbit hole of conspiracy theories, right? Because like one of, one of the ones that is always you know is I'm sure you you live in the Midwest much as I do myself. So one yeah. of the big things is ethanol. In oh, yeah. gas. That's an awesome mess. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that there is, while there is much like a lot of the connections in this book, there's no direct evidence of, you know, collusion between, say, like big government and big ag to make sure that corn ethanol production is being used and subsidized. There's enough that make that really makes you go well you know that should some let's put it this way there's enough stuff like that and this book definitely makes a lot of those arguments that you really want like some like hardcore old school investigative reporting to really happen like you know hidden camera you know like uh, it's it's like it it's like it feels like it's ripe for like a pandora paper watershed moment right like that's you know something like you feel like that's so close, like that should be able to happen, but no one seems to want to dig hard enough to really find the actual links because it's it stinks. It stinks. I, I think the ethanol thing's pretty pretty straightforward and, and clear. I mean, it is clearly a government government subsidy for a product no one fucking uses, right? Like, yeah, um, but it, I mean, and it's clearly meant to control corn prices. That that's been dug into pretty deeply, and has been kind of uh, thrown out. It's not not a conspiracy theory. That's straight up fact. 
Um, and I but think why he are we does still a, doing it though. <laughs> why? Because it makes a bunch of farmers a lot of money, and it helps us. It helps us drive up corn prices, right? Um, so it's it's a method of trying to control the market. Remember when we did that episode on like futures just, and shit? And, I just and, it. Well, I don't know. Why. Um, but I, I think that that's <laughs> why, right? So, and then it can they can say like, well, look, we have this green biofuel that no one uses. Like, um, no, I, I think that one's pretty clear. And to me, the research that this guy has conducted was was it Lustig? What, what's his what's his last name? Lustig. Um, he Lustig. it's incredibly detailed. And what what he does in the book, which is great, is whenever he's referring to a study that isn't a longitudinal one one that he thinks proves causation he tells you that right like he's he's very upfront about that he's like well this one's correlation but makes me think and and one of the ones that he brought up was like uh, and this is one of the things that i'm upset about is is the question of like um what is it like uh sucralose and other like sugar substitutes like stevia and, yeah it's um, all garbage yeah. Well, for for years, I've like looked at different reports that are like, oh, yeah, what, what's the one that's in Diet Coke? Uh, starts with an A. Aspartame. Yeah, yeah. we think aspartame uh, is is toxic. Um, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't probably drink that stuff. And then I got a hold of the study that they used to to make that claim, Jason. And it was an American study. And again, this is one of the reasons why I don't trust any American studies. And and he reaffirms that we shouldn't trust any American studies. Basically, like, like if you want to read an American study on food, you better find out exactly who funded that study because you can't trust it otherwise, right? Um, and so this this particular study proved that aspartame is very dangerous. And what did they do? They fed a rat seventy times its its body weight in aspartame, and it died yeah. because it ate. 70 times its body weight of aspartame. Correct. Because rats I'm are like dogs. They're stupid and they'll just eat right. and eat and eat but, and eat until they die. But, but, I'll, but I'll also go ahead and say that if you ate 70 times your body weight of anything, you die you too. Die. Exactly. So, so garbage yeah. study, right? But it's this headline in, in, in media that's like, yeah. aspartame kills rats in lab study. Like, yeah, it, well, it did. It fucking fucked up right. those rats, right? Now, do I think it's good for me? I, I don't know, but it's not sugar, no. right? So I'm trying to drink, a, you know, a soda or or have a substitute for a recipe, and what do I do? Well, I'm going to use stevia or sucralose or or aspartame. And one of the things that he got to in this book was to say, look, this isn't a, you know, this isn't a Evolution. causation, but it is correlation. And and I actually read read a study like this fairly recently before before you sent me the podcast, actually that. It looks like these uh, sweeteners that have no calories in them um, are making people fatter because it's triggering your it's body so, to want to eat. Yeah, um, see, that's that's and that's why when as soon as you said it, I'm like, well, it's all garbage because what they do is they mm-hmm. still do the same thing, right? Whether or not they are, you could be classified as a calorie or they're you know safe for human consumption because they're non-toxic at the levels which you ingest them. 
they're still initiating the same responses in your body. Right. And Which is the, exactly what he says in, in the book, yeah. right? He's like, yep. look, it, it might be no calories, right? It might not be being stored as fat or entering into the cells, you know, uh, by insulin, but it is telling your body to release insulin, yeah. which is going to make, make your body Jacking. go, oh, I need something to break down with this insulin. Can you eat something? And then you're probably stimulated to eat something. And, and I don't know, I don't know that I've felt that in my own existence, but I know that since I've started drinking diet sodas, uh, which was probably about two years ago, I'm up maybe 30 pounds from where I was at, at my peak of keto. And technically, a diet soda is keto. doesn't have right. any, any sugar in it, and it doesn't have any calories. So I should be fine. But here's the guy who's saying, look, you know, while causation's still out there, we don't know. Here's what it looks like. And he was able to direct us to a couple different studies that say, certainly looks like this isn't helping. And, you know, if you really want to be healthy, you should probably cut that shit out as well. And so now I'm weaning myself off fucking soda because of this goddamn book. Happy Halloween. Soda's <laughs> bad. Dude, of course it is. And I used to only drink water for like forever. But um, and I, I started kind of falling asleep on my way home from work. So I'm like, well, let's get a soda. Um, and then I started working a, a marketing gig somewhere. And it seemed like when I drank the water there... I would get like this mucusy buildup at the back of my throat. I th- yeah, I think there was that's something. That's a personal problem. I think there was something wrong with the work water there. And, you know, I said something <laughs> to other people there. They're like, you're crazy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I stopped you're drinking crazy. the water there. <laughs> but I could have just brought in my water, right? Like I could have, yes. I, I have a flask. It's, I have a flask right here. Why, you know, why wasn't I doing that? Well, I'm lazy and, and I want to, I want some caffeine and I want to, I want to, that sugar rush, uh, and diet soda is healthy, right? No, fuck. No, it's not. Right. Um, and, and before we go like too far down, like the conspiracy, you know, realm of this all again, you know, one of the things that he lays out about these three immoral hazards is that this isn't a conspiracy. Like this is capitalism, right? It's all about capitalism. Right, so the the insurance company doesn't care if you get sick because if you get sick, they get to deny you coverage for treatment, and now you have a pre-existing condition like type two diabetes. Great, right? We don't have to cover that. You did that to yourself, right? It's your fault because you're fat and lazy and obese and aren't exercising and aren't eating right, right? Well, they I can think, blame think, you, right, and make money I, off I think, of you. I mean, I think the insurance companies are their their game is. Uh, convincing everyone they need insurance and then Ooh. making sure that the whoever is doing the claim doing the claims is coding everything correctly so they can legally right. charge things but but they already won that first battle Jason because Obamacare says everybody has to have it didn't Thanks, they? Obama. Right, which is why they ended up getting on board whenever they were able to, to like per- pervert and corrupt that bill so that it was no longer going to be like a government mandate option. Instead, it's going to be a marketplace that you can peruse, and then the government will help subsidize your coverage. Then they were like, oh, yeah, we'll cover everybody because you know mm-hmm. we can. In fact, we'll make a lot more money. Thank you. Right. Well, that's um, that's that's the same. That's the same reason, like crazy life insurance works, because you know, at the as long as the people coming into the program and paying are outpacing the people dying and getting payouts, right? It's the perfect scam. 
right and that's and that's how health insurance works too right is that you you, I mean, it's actually how everything it, kind of works in our scam. society. Social it's security, a scam. So, yeah, it's a. I mean, every, everything is essentially a. It's a Ponzi scheme, more or less. But but social security is running out, right? Which is one of the things well, he 20, wants to talk about. Yeah, in this twenty book. twenty. I believe now they quote twenty thirty five. Right. It, um. But it, I, I already knew that because. Wait, oh, I know. I know. Let's see. What was it? Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh seven or oh eight. I got my paperwork from the federal government saying I was 100% vested in Social Security, and if something would happen, I could start to collect, but that all the money would run out by 20... I think they were projecting 2037. It's pretty soon. So way soon. before I would ever retire. Yeah, I right. mean, it's... it's right. we're, I mean, everybody who's ever paid in and is paying in, you know, unless in the next 10 years, is going to be a massive restructuring to fund it. Um, that shit's all gone, and yep. if anybody's been paying attention... There ain't no fucking way that anybody's going to get anything done lately. Right. So. But but the reason for it isn't what they tell us, right? It's not like, no. well, the baby boomers are retiring. No, it's that a bunch of people are fucking sick and fucked up from like our diet and our healthcare system and our medical system and are already collecting Social Security early because they, they can't work or they're out of work or what have you because they're ill. And what, what this book is about is that chronic metabolic syndrome, all the different things that fall under that, things like type 2 diabetes um, that have made people drop out of the workforce early and, oh, hey, I have to collect my Social Security now. Well, if, if we were doing it gradually, it might make it a little bit longer. And like you said, we might be able to restructure it and make it work. But because a ton of people are out of it from this, th these kinds of issues, it's going to run out even sooner. And one of his big things is that he started seeing things like, like this in kids because he was a pediatrician. And he's like, well, yeah. that's got to be the fucking diet, man, because this, this wasn't happening to people in the past. It's only happening since we went to this crazy processed food. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you can, you can yeah. just go out and, you know, go on public and see the amount of, you know, morbidly obese kids i mean it's it's like shocking right. like sometimes i'm like i'm i'm taken aback at times i'm just like holy crap like i don't remember kids when i was a kid being as obese as they are now it was, and it was rare they are. right it was rare if, yeah. if you were right i mean yeah. now it's it's incredibly commonplace so right? I'll, I'll give you even i'll give you even another one which is you know is a crazy thing to think about and this is you know how it's affecting everybody is like when i was a kid I don't ever remember anybody who wasn't white being fat. And now mm. it is a universal problem, no yeah. matter what you look like. Oh, yeah. and, and, it, and like, it's weird to think about it that way. And, you know, it, I mean, I hope it doesn't come off as racist, but I mean, it is like, it's, it's like now I'm, I, I find it really weird. Cause like when I was a kid, that's just how things weren't because, you know, yeah. what you ate was based more on, you know, how much, you know what what your income was now mm. it doesn't seem to matter it's everybody's eating everybody is eating absolute trash right well well and if you were eating you like can afford, an you can afford to eat garbage spanish <laughs> diet you were probably living better and having better nutrition than it once you're here and eating americanized shit cuz one of the things he talks about is is latinas latinas and latinos um, suffering from meta metabolic syndrome and of course african americans too that this is something that affects all of us but it affects us each a little bit differently because it really does depend on kind of your genes and um, you know your own personal sort of inner biome right 
right? Um, yeah. You know how how your gut is set up, which which is a, a big part of the text too. But I want to em- reemphasize that like this isn't conspiracy theory nonsense. Like this is how capitalism works, right? You know, we have, you you want to make money raising livestock right now? Well, you better do a factory farm because that that's going to maximize your profits, right? It's yeah. not that like big food is like yes, let's poison them all. Like no, it's it's about how much money can we make. Right. It's um, sad because it's, it's, I mean, it isn't, I mean, it's sad. It's uh, ironic that, and that's why I, I made the conspiracy theory thing, right? Cause like, that's the one thing like about all good conspiracy theories. There's always like a, um, a maniacal madman at the top of these things. Or there's like a, a shady cabal of, you know, ex- right. People and all this other stuff, but in reality, hundred rich people just, controlling the world, like, right? Right. But now. in in reality, it's really just a bunch of people who are trying to make you know enough money in their four hundred one k to retire, and they're choosing some of the you know the ways to do it, and those ways aren't necessarily helpful to everybody. Well, and well hang on, and, and how would you kinda, fucking know? How would you it's know? Kinda, it's kind of it's kind of small, and it's in, in a way, it's like. I think people prefer the conspiracy theory over the truth, which is it's just everybody kind of leads small, desperate lives here or there, and you know. I think we're just—it's it, easy for us <laughs> to jump to that because, I mean, that's the way that that like sci-fi things and, and weird mysteries and shit are are written, right? So that's a, a structure yeah. that we're used to, right? But you can't even blame the people running the the factory farm or, or blame big the people running big farm necessarily. Um, may, maybe a little more there, but in the food <laughs> industry, what what our government I is going yeah, Did you forget that video I sent you where well, everything was brought? To you by Pfizer. Right. Well, pro- probably better with Big Pharma because you assume that they're doing some research so they know what the fuck they're talking about. But with, with you know, big, big ag, um, you know, if your government is saying stuff like, hey, here's a food pyramid and what's the big thing that you should be eating every day? You should be starting with grains and breads. Lots um, of grains. Like, so your government's condoning what you're doing, Right. Your government is saying this is They're a healthy you, diet, honestly. right? It, but your government is lying to you. And I've been telling my students this forever, and I think they probably think I'm a conspiracy nut. But I'm like sugar. I like I'm like it's kind of like the global warming thing. Like here in America, this is the only the only first world nation where like half the population is like I don't know about that global warming. I think that might be a hoax. Like everywhere else, everyone's like, yeah, no, that's fucking happening. Science says so. Like, but here in America, we're like. <laughs> That's because know. that's because every other country in the world accepts a uh, mouthy, cunty, twelve-year-old uh, Norwegian girl as their lord and savior, and no, we just don't it, do that in America. It's because science. Because Greta <laughs> wasn't around whenever every other country started just getting on board behind this shit. And it's Gosh, it's, 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 it's a, funny you knew exactly what I was talking yeah, about. Of course I did. Of course I fucking did. Uh, but. It's it's here that we're skeptical about shit like that because of capitalism. Because we we're so desperate to make a buck that we're willing to Freedom. sacrifice everyone else to to have good profits this quarter. And that's fucked up and that's what money does to us. And so we become this extreme sort of a example of how fucked up and corrupt things can get. But why? Because of money, not because of some conspiracy. So again, my, my other example of that is di- type 2 diabetes. And he comes out and just says it here. In this book, type 2 diabetes is most likely caused by excessive sugar consumption. 
And in every other country besides ours, the medical establishment will tell you that. They will just tell you that. That's fucking reality. We have lots of studies that suggest it. That's how it is. Here, because so much of our, our studies are funded by big ag, and big ag is largely controlled by, oh yeah, corn production and sugar and all the added sugar in all of our foods, they lie. They say it's, well, it's inconclusive. And he has even quotes from the top guy at the ADA, the American Diabetics Association, saying, no, it's probably not sugar. We, we don't think it's sugar. You can have sugar. Well, that's that's the that's probably the worst thing about the whole study thing is like I mean there's there's precedent for that even within my own lifetime so I I always give the example of how eggs were bad and then they were good and then right. they were bad and then they were good again and like I remember those commercials and every commercial had a study to back it up um which is really sad because like you know yeah. That's true, you know, but it also breeds a lot of distrust and then people don't understand. Like, it's like, it's weird. It's like, you have to, you have to understand that, you know, money drives research and research drives right. money. And at a certain point, you, you can't just take whatever, you know, the the line is, right? So like with the thing with eggs, like... I'm sure every time those commercials came out, there was other studies and other evidence and other, you know, things going on. And that's the thing is it's, it's so easy to just take what's given to you and not do the deep digging. But I guess that's a, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's sort of been one of the themes of this show. <laughs> what? Uh, that we, we do that, the deep, the digging. <laughs> no, that, that you just can't take the first bit of information that comes your way that you right. should be you should be digging. You should be looking at it. You know, yeah. if one study you need to says be one thing, to a certain degree, right? Yeah, I mean, you you know, it's like look at all the studies, mm -hmm. all the studies you can. You know, right. if, if two out of three say one thing, then you know, well, maybe that's got some that should have a little more weight. And right. the other thing is, you know, make sure you understand, you know, what what's coming your way. And that's one of the right. things I like about this book is that he mm. takes the time to get into the chemistry and the biology and like, explain good, it to you. Right? There's a good chunky meaty you know just real real what's the what's the turn of phrase i'm looking for i don't know it's meaty meaty section of the book where he you know gets into the chemistry like yeah there's two really, chapters where he's like here's how mitochondria yeah. work like yeah, i mean it's it's really good stuff and and that's i think that's one of the things i like a lot about the book is because i feel that's what people need to do these days is you know, you, you can't just take the Facebook poll version of something. You need mm -hmm. you need to understand. Like if somebody's telling you something, swaying, trying to, you know, influence you some way, you need to take the time to learn. And there's no excuse for it anymore with how easy it is to get information. So right. you, you, you know, everybody, you know, the, everybody needs to take responsibility because um, you can't trust anybody really anymore anyways. So you got to do the heavy lifting yourself. Right. And if you don't, um, well, don't or, don't do that. Don't do or, don't do that disservice to yourself. Or have a credible expert like this guy, 
who's like, no, I'm not just going to tell you this. And I'm not going to try to sell you something. He's like, I don't have a diet for you. Well, technically, we a, both bought his book, so. The, yeah, but he's like, this isn't a diet book. He's like, I'm going to explain to you how, like, this is what happens whenever sugar hits your liver. And, like, here it is scientifically. Your liver goes, okay, shit, what are we going to do with this? Well, I can send it to cells around the body. But only so many cells in your body actually need sugar. So uh, pancreas, quick, makes some insulin. And then pancreas makes the insulin. The insulin opens the cell wall where it needs needs to store the sugar. The sugar goes in. And then it's either converted to like ATP for energy or it is stored as fat. And that's how we get fucking fat. And again, forever, people are telling you, like, don't eat fats. Don't eat fats because that'll make you fat. That's bullshit. Eating carbs and high sugar will make you fat. Um, and, and here it is. Well, like, he's just I fucking mean, telling you. This is it. Any, and here's any, the science behind it, right? It's not yeah. just me being like, sugar's bad. I think, here's how it works in your body. I think the reason why the whole fat eating fat makes you fat is because fat is higher in caloric content. And, you know, I know he spends a lot of time talking about calorie not being a calorie because that, I mean, he is right. That's a, hmm. so the, the problem with saying a calorie is something is that we're, we're what a calorie is and what we use it to represent is a problem. Right, like mm-hmm. we we tend when you tell somebody about calories, they're thinking of as like potential stored energy, right? That that's that's the that's the kind of ideas. Like, well, oh, this this bag of chips is 150 units of potential energy when that's right. not really what it is. Yeah. Um, well, so that's and, and because carbohydrates are so easily broken down, um, right. so it it takes more energy to like break down a protein than a carbohydrate. And so it's very easy to just break that down into a simple sugar. Um, And that's part of what he's talking about when he talks about things like processed food, that this has been modified. All the, all the fibers been taken out of it. So it's super easy to digest. And guess what? With all out, all the fiber that was in there that would kind of shield and block some of this stuff. And then the fiber that would coat your intestines to prevent everything from being absorbed shit now everything's being absorbed so now that makes it so that a calorie is easily all those calories are easily stored as fat right yeah. and that's um, and that's i that's i i think the 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 donate fat thing came from the idea is that fat has a higher calorie count right but that doesn't gram. mean yeah per gram right. right but that doesn't but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are the type of calories that fuck you up and right. the, the problem the problem is is that and and you know traditional traditional diet quotation marks stuff does actually work if you put less in than what you need to power your body for what you're doing your body will scrounge from everywhere else it can that right. that's that's a, but, that's you you will never get away from the laws of thermodynamics but what we're what we do when we're talking about calories and counting calories and all that is garbage because right. you know it's it's well the, I, th- I think what we what we need to do is we need to have a new term because that's the problem it's like the the calorie is based on a test right well it's based on like a lab like how yeah. how much energy test. how many joules could i get out of this 
thing in a lab, ideally, if I burned it. Like, that's what it is. I'm going to burn it on an ISO-certified testing system, and this is what what it means, which is not what happens in your body. a little different, right? So I I think think you're not going to be able to get a universal system for that, which is why he's trying to tell you, like, instead, eat real food. Right. Um, so yeah. whenever I eat all this stuff that makes makes my body produce insulin, insulin levels in your bloodstream are are instead you know um, deteriorating the the leptin response, which tells your brain I'm full. So then I'm able to eat more, right? Because I don't think I'm full, right? So it's it's all about all those things kind of work in tandem um, to to make us function as we were supposed maybe. to. As we should. Maybe right? maybe our maybe our diet advice shouldn't be, you know, well, you have to eat two thousand calories. Maybe our diet advice should be weights. Volume. I, I don't think it's that either, man. Like because I I think either way you're gonna run into that same issue, right? Um but that, that's something. I mean, I think I think the advice is something more like what what he gives us, which is like you need to get a blood test, test for these things. Find out what's happening inside of you. You know, are you producing excess excess insulin? Cool. Then you need to go on more of a keto diet. Um, or do you have really really bad cholesterols in in a, a high risk of uh, you know hypertension in your family? Okay, you might need to go on this other kind of diet, right? A low fat diet, right? He's like one size doesn't fit all here. We're all a little bit different, right? And some of that could be genes, but some of it's environment. Environment includes your diet, what you're consuming, what you're eating. And when we say diet, we don't mean like some sort of diet plan. We mean just what you eat, right? Um, and I think he's, I think he does a really good job of boiling that down. And yeah, a calorie isn't a calorie because not everything that you consume is going to be digested. Um, so everything's a little bit different then. If anything... The place where a calorie becomes a calorie is whenever you're eating fast food and highly processed foods that's easy for your stomach to break down and convert directly into energy, which means probably stored as fat because you aren't running any fucking marathons. If you're running a marathon, then you're doing fine, <laughs> right? Eat whatever the fuck you want. But if today you're not running a marathon, you can't eat whatever the fuck you want, Right. That's what it boils down to. And back in the day, we would have to store a lot of fat. So uh, th- this is the the whole thing. So people are like, well, why are humans so fucking broken? Or my God must have not made us right. Like, no, dude, we weren't broken. Like, we used to have to go sometimes for days and days without food. So what do you do? We killed the deer today. What did you do with it? We ate it. <laughs> did you eat way more than you could have? Yes. What did my body do? It stored a lot of that as fat tissue on my body because later I'm going to starve. And when I starve, I'm going to be able to live off that fat store. That's how it was. Then we invented this agriculture thing. And it's been great. It's been allowed us to settle in places, to have art, to have music. Um, All sorts of great things. Free time, leisure time, time to explore mathematics. It's been great. However, it kind of fucked up our diets because now that we're in this super modern society where food is so abundant and now that capitalism has allowed us to make be predatory with our food and make our food addictive by adding certain substances like sugar, we don't know how to control ourselves, right? And that's his big point. He's like, there's this temptation to fat shame. 
and to blame people for being fat. Um, and, and you might be like, well, is it genetic? Well, he's like, I don't know, 8% of it's genetic. Like, all right, well, so most of it's not genetic. And he's like, no, most of it's not. But you're surrounded by all this super addictive, cheap, and abundant food, which will make you fat. Which is very bad for you. Which not so only makes you fat, should, but, but leads to these metabolic f- syndromes, which are very unhealthy. <laughs> so we shouldn't be fat shaming. We should be addiction shaming. No, no. I, I think what we should be doing is is saying, hey, big food, you're a big tobacco. Fuck you. Here's my lawsuit. Right? Ooh. Like that's what we should be doing. Right? Um, and he, he mentioned this on just, the podcast that they're, they're going to do class action lawsuits and we should do. Or, or we could all just be responsible. How? J- fuck, Jason, how? So when I go to the supermarket – and mm-hmm. I have to – I've tried to find like a lunch meat to make a fucking sandwich. Do you know mm-hmm. how many how many sections of meat there are in, in the supermarket aisle for lunch meat? Think about this, folks. There's I don't tons. know. I go to the deli. All right, fine. You go to the fucking deli. There's a fucking ass ton of fucking lunch meat. You know how much lunch yeah. meat there that is up there that doesn't have sugar in it? There's I don't ever look at the one, nutrition. There's one fucking type of lunch meat that doesn't have sugar in it. There shouldn't bologna? be there shouldn't be any sugar in any of your lunch meat. No, the bologna has fucking sugar in it, Jason. I'm well, not fucking yeah, well, like not fucking around. It fucking does. Well, like so, well, the, bologna probably doesn't have meat in it either. But that's neither here nor there. No, so. Uh, like so, so there'll be there's Lips there are no, my, my point is there's no fucking options. Right, so mm. when when suddenly you're in a society where sugar is so abundant and it's in everything, you don't have yeah. an option. There is no option. Ah. Or or they've told you, well, the healthy thing is reduced fat. So he goes on a big thing about milk. I'm not a milk guy. I'm lactose intolerant. You too, right? But right. if the only milk that is available is reduced fat milk, because that's what we got, because it's healthier. But they've really added a bunch of extra sugar to it. What are you right. going to do? Like, this is it. You've been told that milk is healthy, which may or may not be true, right? That you need it for your bones, well, which is not I mean, true, right? Yeah but, yeah, but I mean that I, it's I mean, full of sugar. Let's well, let's let's put it this way: if anybody still somehow thinks that the mammary secretions of another animal are good to drink after you're out of infanthood is I mean, someone who is very Jason, delusional. You and, you and I are very enlightened and have done a lot of research on this. I guarantee you that at least a third of Americans believe that. And yeah, probably but, a third of Americans think that every, every <clears throat> morning you should start every meal with a tall glass of milk, which wow. is fucked up and stupid in our eyes. But again, not everyone's read the shit that we've read. Yeah, like, but I mean, you just—it's—it's it's so. But it's—it's it's like it doesn't take that much. You just have to stop and think. It, it doesn't. Like, but your government has made an entire part of the my plate thing that says that what's a help, healthy meal is called dairy. Yeah. Yeah. So well, what are they saying to you, Jason? Should should we be should we be drinking milk? Of course you should. It's fortified with well, calcium and vitamin D. Well, that's that's the that's the the trick right there. Is if you got to fortify it with it, then you're already in the hole, anyways. I mean, but but you're you're making vast assumptions about other human beings that are just not true, dude. Like that's definitely not true. And it's the well, same that's... thing about reading labels. So so like if I if I go to the store, I'm gonna make certain assumptions because well, this thing says it's reduced fat, or this diet soda has no calories in it. Fuck, dude, that's been me. 
for years now. I've yeah. been drinking Diet Soda for like two years, thinking it's probably fine for me, watching myself get get a little fatter every year, and wondering okay. like, huh, what's am I doing? What's happening? Is the keto thing just not working for me? Well, when I first started keto and lost 60 pounds within like three months, yeah, I wasn't drinking any fucking soda. Diet or oh, not. There you go. Right? Yeah, yeah but, but I mean, you learn that. But I, I also wasn't drinking beer and I just had a beer. Like, but well, what, what I'm saying is that's that peer pressure. Yeah, man. But, but look, if, if your society and the supermarket and your government are saying this is a healthy drink, right? Sure. Why wouldn't, why would you doubt that? Especially when it's your why government saying it. would you believe saying, it? What, when your government's saying it, I why wouldn't I you guess, believe it? I guess this, I guess this is the, this is the, this is the age old problem. It's like, I look at that and I think that that's the that would be the last thing anybody should be thinking. Yeah, so, man, but I'm, the, I'm not the most right person people to have aren't this like com- you. Most people not, aren't I'm, like I'm, you. I'm definitely not the right person to have this conversation. <laughs> Dude, we we both um, been fucked over so much. We we don't trust hardly anything, right? Well, but no, the, I mean, but just... the average person really does. Have, have you ever heard heard that thing? Um, that there's some commonly cited thing that like the average American or the average human being wants to believe and trust everyone. And I think you and I are in the group that's like, what the fuck? Why, why would you oh, do see, that? But, but, right? but I, I, I believe that's a, that's a scam too, though. That See, I'm, I've never... When when people always say stuff like that, I always think, I'm like, well, what are you what are you trying to sell? Because like, that that's the kind of thought process that gets people to, you know, sign up for putting Jews in a gas chamber. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's but um, they're not selling anything. So that's just a that's a common statistic that people show out that like uh, the vast majority of human beings want to trust other human beings. Like and, yeah, well, and like that's you? kind of I mean, wired into us if, to, to be able to they, build community. They, but if they look like you and act like you, then right, yeah, you right. probably but trust we, them more, more it's often either, than not. It's something in our environment, in our history, or genetically, we are predisposed to be more skeptical than a lot of other people. Um, it's it's like my son. My People look, look at my son and they're like, man, he's really shy. That's bad. I'm like, yeah, he's not going to walk off with a stranger. It's pretty horrible. Like, to me, that's a pro, right? To me, I'm like, that's a sign of intelligence, you idiot. Like, I'm glad he's really shy. You, you know what the neighbor kid does? He runs over and hugs me first thing whenever he sees me outside. He runs across a fucking road to do that without parent supervision and his dad's yelling at him. Now, which kid would you like? The shy one or the one who runs across the road? Oh, I, like I'd prefer, I'd prefer the parents that have the street runner to be better parents. No, man, do they're doing their best, man. And look, we're on, we're on a cul-de-sac. It's a dead end. There's no traffic. Like, it's pretty safe. But my point is, is that 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 sense of skepticism and shyness could be a good thing for preservation. But the average human being isn't fucking like that. They're not like that. Um, the most of us a, are sheep a, who just will follow whatever the the common thing <laughs> is. Right. So basically, now you've you've secretly agreed with me that modern humanity has disrupted um, evolution, and everything we're reaping is the benefit of that. So, oh, yay for us. What, like a social Darwinist oh. argument? I mean, oh, no, I no, think, no, no. I'm, I don't. No, I'm, I mean, I mean more than that. Deeper than that. So, like the stuff, the stuff you're saying, like it's it's the the concept of unnerf the world. Um, if you die because you make stupid ass decisions, then that's your fault. 
government <laughs> or not. No, that's the social know. Darwinist argument, man. Um, I mean, I, I could totally see that. So we, we've basically made it so that just about anyone can survive and reproduce. And are there yes. going to be problematic yes. uh, areas yes. of it? Yes, yes. Uh, there probably are. Um, with that being said, yes. I'm, I always try to avoid, you know, reducing anything back down to that because I have to keep reminding myself that that's probably what like the Nazis were thinking, um, that they were like, well, these Jews, fuck them. They're the worst. Like, um, we can do without them. They're horrible. Pretty, like, but I'm, um, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's wired into human beings, no matter how hard we try yes, not to a do certain that. certain amount of tribalism. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking for, for definite. Right. But, but it's tempting for me to be like, I don't know. Idi- before, idiots before, shouldn't before, be allowed to reproduce. But before we, before we, before we go on though. We are not endorsing Nazism. <laughs> we never would. We never would. No, nor, nor, nor are no. we endorsing no. anyone enact their own personal version of no. social Darwinism. But not, not at all. And again, I, th- I think I think social Darwinism is one of those things that's like really tempting, especially for younger males, uh, because when you when you're in the prime of your life, you're like, yeah, survival of the fittest. I'm a badass. Uh, you, you ever read the most dangerous game? Uh, right. No, right. well, it, I know what it is. Though. You know what it is. Classic story, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. the old hunter, the generals are off. Hunts the young hunter, Rainsford, on the island, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm superior. I have a gun. You only have a knife. I know the island. Like all the cards are in the old guy's favor. He has all the experience. If it, he looks at his survival of the fittest." And I'm the fittest because I'm the greatest hunter who ever did live. Then he's outsmarted by the younger guy who fakes his death, basically, and then sneaks into his house and waits for him in his bedroom. That night, whenever he gets home, he he eats a nice meal. He goes up to his bedroom, and the younger guy, Rainsford, is in there. And at that point, you can see this is where social Darwinism goes awry, because eventually you're no longer the young, strong guy. Oh, shit, I don't have my gun anymore. And I, here's the young guy, and he, you're, I tell him, like, you won the game. Congratulations. And he's like, no, fuck you. I'm still a beast of bay. I'm going to fucking murder your ass. And then he fights you to the death, and you die because you're old. Like, so that's the thing. As soon, as soon as you put on a few years, I think you can look at a social Darwinist argument and be like, yeah, I'm no longer at that top of the food chain where maybe I was yeah, in, in, like, my mid-20s. But that's just something you accept. Like when you get older, shit stops working. Yeah. Well, yeah. But but then how can you? I think it's I sh, if we're being really reflective there, you shouldn't be, you know, a social Darwinist still because you should be like, uh, yeah. I if I well, if I am a pure social Darwinist, then I'm on the chop block, right? And again, yeah. so the the same thing with all this stuff. Like if I'm like, yeah, we should all be really healthy and not obese. Um, and you know what? Fuck all the obese people. It's it's their own fault. Then I'd have to go. Oh yeah, according to BMI, I'm obese. And I have been since I was eight. I was also captain of the soccer team in there for years. How dare you be obese? I've been obese basically my entire life, according to BMI. How dare which is you? which is another thing he debunks in here, right? That like that how dare you? that that shit's well, kind of nonsense. Um, like how how can I have six pack abs, be captain of the soccer team in in high school, and obese? Well, that's because you're an outlier, and those kind of systems don't I mean, deal with outliers. I, so I here's, guess, here's I guess. 
So here, here's one of the funny things, and, and it flips the other way too. So, um, God damn, what was it? We gotta wrap this shit up soon, uh, real soon. Um, my point, uh, yeah, yeah, the the whole like things like being skinny, fat, and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah. He talks my wife about and I were talking. Yeah, my, my wife and I were talking, and you know, I, I don't know where we were at, but we were looking at people, just people watching. And pointed out some some woman, and you know, it's like, oh, she's in shape. I'm like, no, she isn't. You know, she's skinny fat. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, she's a skeleton with skin and fat hung on her. I said, look at the way she moves. Look at her arms. Look at her calves. Things like that. I'm like, there's no muscle there. Right. It's she's just an empty bag, and this the shape that she has comes from fat reserves. There's no. She's not. You know, there's nothing there. I mean, she's, you know, it's like the basically the only muscle she has is to keep her skeleton from falling down, mm. and the re- and her shapeliness is just fat reserves. Right. That's well, skinny fat. Well, and, and to dive into that a little bit, one of the big things he wants to debunk is is the idea of like obesity is the issue. He's like, it's the symptom because the, the worst fat that you can have in your body is a fatty liver. And he's like, that's like a pound, pound and a half. He's like, but that's the shit that's going to kill you because if your liver is is pounded with too much sugar over and over again, it's going to have to immediately try to turn some of that sugar right into fat right where it is. And when it does that, your your liver gets loaded up with fat and can't function properly, and that can eventually kill you dead. So, yep. again, so and that's not a fat you can see. Like, I'm not going to get on me. the scale later and be like, wow, is my liver up a half a pound today? Like, I don't fucking know that. Like, you'll, and you'll never be able to see it, right? And I could be in perfectly good shape on the outside and even have muscles and everything and have a fatty liver, right? Um, in fact, he gave us an example of a guy who was running marathons. Uh, he had been invested in Nokia, then he, then he sold it at its peak. Super wealthy guy, had a trainer, was, was working out five hours a day. And he went to the doctor one day and he's pre-diabetic and he's like, how? And the doc's like, well, you drink a bunch of energy drinks, right? Like sports drinks, right? Yeah. You have fatty liver, right? Right? And that's what he's talking about, right? <laughs> so, and again, to, to just get back to the book and try to summarize kind of what, what he's all about. He has two big things. So avoid processed food in order to protect the liver um, and then feed the gut. And he says to protect the li- liver, you need to have no or very low sugar intake. And he says specifically no fructose whatsoever. No human being should be consuming fructose whatsoever. He says there's no function in your body that requires it. Right, glucose, sure. Fructose, no. Right, and then feed the gut with a high fiber diet. And he says it's very important that you get more both insoluble fiber and soluble. Soluble. So there are lots of like supplements out there that have dietary fiber in them, but most of them are soluble fiber. Like if you're doing a drink or something like an insure or some shit to try to get fiber, yeah. Or even eating a fiber one bar, that's all soluble stuff. Um, versus to get insoluble stuff, yeah. Right. Well, or or just you need both. Basically, he's like, if if you only have the one, your intestine isn't properly lined with fiber down there to protect you um, and to protect the biome down in your intestine. So you need both of them. And the only place really to get insoluble fibers is from things like, um, you know, um, vegetables, rooty vegetables, um, 
fruits. An apple a day. Um, yeah, and, and and apple, you know, the the rinds of things like apples and and, and oranges and, and bananas and things like that, which sounds gross to me. Um, but beans too. So like, it's real food shit. Is the way you get real insoluble fiber. You can get soluble fiber from lots of things. Insoluble fiber is hard to get. You're gonna need to eat real food to get it. Um, so and and for me, that's a big one because I'm like I'm gonna up my carrots. I'm gonna up my celery. Like I'm gonna really try to push into that. We eat a lot of cauliflower. That is a lot of insoluble fiber. That's great. Um, but the no sugar mm, thing is good. Is huge too. So so those are kind of his two tips. If you want to try to wrap up what his his tips are for you nutrition wise, that's really what it boils down to. Is avoid the processed food. No sugars, uh, because the sugar is going to kill your liver. Um, and then try to get fiber, both soluble and insoluble fiber, um, which so, uh, good good tips, I think. Very good I tips. Think. And and Jason's sum up of the book is everything that Joe Rogan has said about your health is and your health dieting stuff is probably correct because that's the one thing that really cracked me up after reading this book because I'm like, fuck me, man. This is the same exact shit of, you know, diet change, real food, things like that. That, that That's like a fucking Joe Roganism. It is hilarious. Um, I'm <laughs> not saying it's original. Oh, it is. It, it, it very much is. Like, I, I don't know how many times I've heard him talk about getting blood work done and knowing what everything is and all this other shit. And I'm like reading this book and I'm going like... Fuck me, that is fucking funny. And then the food thing too, you know, eating, eating real food, not processed garbage. That's another Roganism. That's it's just it's it's kind of funny. I find it ironic. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's not. Uh, I mean, it's not wrong. You know. I mean, yeah. I think like, and it's it's one of the other funny things about the book is like he he's talking about the the age old aphorism about you know well if you shop the outsides of the grocery store because that's where the good stuff is. Yeah, you know, the problem with that is that um, so many people have said that for so long. You, that's not true because the grocery stores are run by people that are cutting a profit, and that's wrong now um, because the outside of the grocery store is filled with fucking garbage too. So don't listen to that part of that book. That, I mean, that's it, not... it can be, but a lot of your Ooh. traditional grocery stores are set up a little oh. bit like that. I, I mean, so, so what, what he means is like when you go by store, the... our grocery store just reorganized. Okay. To to make sure that that's not true. That's that's so... great. But what he means is <laughs> you should shop things like fresh fruit, fresh, fresh vegetables. Not things that are that are a bunch of frozen meals and shit like that. The cereal aisle and the chip aisle is bullshit. The yeah, soda well, aisle is bullshit. Like I've, so, I've that's what he means. It, Obviously, it, you can rearrange the grocery store yeah. however the fuck you want, Jason. And oh, of yeah, course, they, when it, if people make is, that like is an hilarious. aphorism, <laughs> if people make that like an aphorism, like what you just said, and then try yeah. to capitalize on it, of course we can put it wherever oh, we dude. fucking want. Dude, it, it is. It is. It was. It was like that's I what he means. And I'm, I walked in and I was like, oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Um, uh, it's so kinda, it's kind of horrible for your local <laughs> grocery store. Well, yeah. I mean, because it, you have it to is. Know, why are they doing that? And are they doing that specifically to try to <laughs> well, profit? To make money, yeah. Because I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. It's pretty fucked up. But yeah, yeah no, what he means it, is eat real fruits, real vegetables, yeah. and then like good cuts of meat from the deli, but probably from a butcher. 
right? Um, but the deli might be good. It just depends on your local you gotta, deli. You just right? gotta, you gotta, well, you gotta, you gotta look what you're buying. And, and well, I mean, right. you, you gotta, and you're not you gotta Walmart deli, folks. Like, you're not gonna go to Walmart deli yeah. and get, so, you know, grass fed beef there. That's not right. where that is. So, right? so my, my, my rule of thumb has always been if it comes in a vacuum sealed plastic bag, it's probably not healthy for you and it probably tastes really good. That's a good tip, I think. Yeah. I'm and sure, if you, you know, I'm sure there's exceptions if, to if all these things, if there's, right? If there's more than one layer of packaging, i.e. like cereals, you should probably not eat it whatsoever. Dude, cereal's so bad for us. It's so bad. Well, that's, and, but that's what I'm saying. Like, think, think about everything that's in a bag inside of a box. It's, it's all shit. Right. It's all absolute right. garbagey shit. Well, it, it can, can we talk about cereal little a little Debbie. bit specifically fr- little, from the notes little, here? Little little Debbie comes yeah. in a in a paper bag or paper box with a plastic wrap thing and they are fucking right. phenomenally tasty. Oh, of course. And they're loaded and it's with sugar. And it's probably like licking fucking lead paint. <laughs> well, but one one of the eye opening things for me, and I knew that vegans were like crazy about Dr. Kellogg. But I didn't exactly know why. But was that Dr. Kellogg, who kind of is is the inventor of cereals, right? Of breakfast mm-hmm. cereals, um, was a Seventh Day Adventist, uh, Adventist, mm-hmm. Adventist, 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 um, yeah. who believed Advent. that yes. eating uh, too much meat caused constipation and masturbation, which are apparently against his religion. And a lot of vegan scientists apparently are Seventh Day Adventists who believe that shit, which is just fucking nonsense. I'm, like, of of course it can lead to constipation. Eating lots of things without fiber can lead to constipation, right? Um, but leads to ma- masturbation, which is a sin. So I'm gonna be a fucking vegan. Fuck you. And so we get fucking cereal, which is laced with sugar, and we feed it to kids, and we we top it off with reduced fat milk, which is loaded with sugars, and then we give them that in the morning. And we wonder, like, Mm -hmm. what's fucking, why are the kids acting like this? I don't understand. Why can't they concentrate at school? Dan, Dan, I think you need to remember, seven-day Adventists are Protestants. Crazy fucks, apparently, Jason. They're crazy yes. fucks. Like uh, Stalin, raised by Protestants. Mussolini, raised by Protestants. Jason, I was raised by Protestants. <laughs> Thank you. Then I'm right there in that long line of totalitarian dictators. Oh, oh, oh also, vote Hitler, for me. Hitler's parents, Protestants, raised Protestant. It's just a little. I mean, dude, these are that is an extreme Protestant view, right? Like, like the viewpoints that that my church had was like, I don't know, don't kill other people and try to drink in moderation or some shit. Like, and don't insult your mother. Like, I, I, I really, I really causes feel masturbation, and masturbation is a horrible I, sin. I really, are you fucking I, with me? How? I really, I really feel like our religions have been really detoothed. In their um, ability to be completely fucking insane, I guess. Like modern, I guess modern, so. Like, well, so I, I'll take that back. So the only people that are still doing it old school are probably some of the more crazier uh, like Pentecostals. Oh, I was uh, gonna say Pentecostals yeah. who are like well, yeah, speaking old, in tongues and shit. Well, honestly, they they're the last last bit of Pentecostals that I ran into is that they're much more concerned about membership as opposed to speaking in tongues. Good for them. 
Good for they're, them. They're, they've 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 gone like super con super converting or whatever you call it convert conversional. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we were missing some of that. Like we don't have that over here anymore. I don't know. I can't say that. I mean, well, you're over, you're down down near the Baptist Belt, right? The Bible Belt. Are people God still fucking lunatics down there, or are I they mean, just you know Trump voters? I, I mean, I've told you before that that you have I, a little bit both, Jason. A little bit both. I mean, I told you before that we had uh, it's, fucking. It's, um, is any is anybody is anybody shit? Is anybody playing with snakes? Is I guess what I'm saying. Not, not to my snake knowledge. People, no not snake people knowledge. down there. But I huh. think there still are some kind of crazy ones out there. But again, they're crazy. Is like like what you said, like a door to door trying to recruit you kind of shit. Yeah. In a cold, oh, like creepy fashion. Not, <sighs> not. Oh my, meat causes masturbation. Like this fucking Doctor Kellogg, and then his uh, assistant. <laughs> he, really, uh, he really does come off like a monster. He's a fucking prick. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, and then his assistant, Mrs. Miss Cooper here. Who wasn't? Neither of them are trained uh, nutritionists. He was running a fucking sanitarium, and he was feeding them granola. And he's like, "They really like it." This is our entire world is fucked up because of this man. Like, all, all I'm gonna say is like, anytime I've eaten granola, I tend to just sit there and not want to do anything and and wonder why I haven't died yet. So I would understand. I can understand why eating granola would. Lead you to believe it somehow calms people that oh, have mental illness. No doubt, no doubt. Anyway, just these people with with no scientific like evidence of anything making these horrible claims. Um, yeah, but that's how it was back in the day. I mean, yeah, that's... but, but th- that so it's not a problem that it was like that back in the day. It's a problem that that still is shit that we espouse now. Very true. That that's the problem. There's no reason. There's one, no there's no reason for it. One of the things that he mentions is that no one's doing the shit that Kellogg was doing medically back then. So like to stop guys from masturbating, he had all sorts of techniques. The most extreme of which was if you weren't circumcised, Jason, they would circumcise you without anesthesia. That would stop you from jerking to off. Prevent from, you from masturbating. And with women, that, that, it was I mean, worse. I mean, like, they would use like literally acid a, on your clitoris. That's what yeah, they would that's, do. That's fucked up. I mean, like. You know, that's what. What is? What's the heal rate on a circumcision as an adult? Like I don't know. Six weeks. Yeah, it's got to so be. So basically, basically, you stop the guy from masturbating for like a month and a half. Well, as and, soon as that shit's healed. Right. Well, and Indy said like that. The the pain of it all would prevent you from wanting to do that in the future. And I'm like, bah, maybe. I'm like, fuck. I'm, I don't I'm, know. Pretty, I'm pretty sure Doctor Kellogg didn't know how to jerk off then because. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think again, again, but the, his point is that like no one's doing that now. Like no one's like, oh, yep, that's the way to heal people. Like in jet, people still espouse his nutritional guidance, which was also just as spurious and full of shit. It's his medical claims. Well, um, I mean, so do you, do you think it's maybe a combination of, you know, we we sort of laugh at nutrition as science because of Dr. Kellogg's, but yet at the same time, we've not done anything to just wholeheartedly debunk everything. Like, I feel like you need someone who's like, yeah, he's full of shit, but here's all the research and the you know testing that we've done, and this is what nutrition science should be going forward. I feel like we missed the boat. As as and like when I say we, I mean like humanity as a whole. 
Um, I mean, I think I think this book does a good job of laying out why that's not happening. It's that most of your medical schools are funded by big pharma, and for big pharma, there's no money to be made in nutrition, right? To mm. to me, the the big the big thing about this book is that this is what capitalism does to a society. We know our healthcare industry is fucked up. Guess what? Our food industry is fucked up too, and nobody gives a shit because this is how you make money. Right. So um, my wife, I, I, I talked about this one on here before. My wife went to a like medical school symposium years ago at a, at a hospital she no longer works at. And the guy was up front. Um, they had like a keynote speaker and he was there to talk about cancer and cancer research. And he opened his speech by by like trying to rile up the crowd. He was like, who out there? thinks we're going to cure cancer in the next 20 years. And like the, the audience is like going nuts. They're like in this big auditorium. They're like, and then yeah, he laughed at him. we're going to fucking cure cancer. Fuck yeah. Fuck cancer. Cancer's done. And like he starts laughing. The keynote speaker starts fucking laughing. And finally everyone in the audience kind of like calms down. And like they get silent because they're like, why is why is he fucking laughing? And, he, and he's like, we we're gonna fucking cure cancer? Are you serious? It's like one of our biggest money makers. Like we're a, we're a treat cancer, you idiots. We're not here to cure cancer. What the fuck? What the fuck do you think you're talking about? We're not gonna cure that shit. That's how we make money. Like, and he just laid it on him. Like that's the reality of the situation, is that no one, no one really wants to cure cancer. Like we want to treat cancer. We we want to be able to bring you into our facilities for long term treatment that costs a lot of money and hopefully eventually cures you once we've squeezed every fucking penny out of you, because that's how capitalism works. And the medical industry is a capitalistic one, and so is big pharma, and so is big food. And who's complacent in it all? Your government is. Your government is. Why? Because of money. You know, because I represent the state of Ohio or Iowa, and we have these industries here. Our industry is Man. big ag in, in you know in, in Iowa, right? But in another state it might be big pharma. Right? And in every state it's probably medicine, right? And and uh, you know, medical, because every every state has hospitals, right? So that's where money comes from, right? And if you want to get elected, you need the money, right? So again, you want to fix all this shit. Fuck all the lobbyists who are for, from any corporate thing ever. You want to go lobby because of MS or some shit? Yes, fucking go for it, right? But if you're from any sort of corporate entity whatsoever, done. You want to put an easy solution on that? We could say, all right, all nonprofits can have lobbyists, but profits can't. And yes, I know there are some industries that are nonprofits that still make profits that I don't fucking like. See the entire medical industry. Fuck them also. But if I had to put an easy stipulation on it, that's what I would do. Then you get money out of politics. We no longer make it so that anyone can buy these fucked up ads and advertise like crazy to try to be president or governor or any of that shit. So we no longer have I don't know, billionaires running to be the governors of the state of Illinois. And that's the only way you can be governors if you're a fucking billionaire, right? Um, because that was our last election. It's probably going to be our next one too. Great, right? So you get money out of politics. 
fixes a lot of this shit. Because then we can have a USDA and an FTC and all these organizations that really do critique and monitor and control and make sure big food, big ag, big pharma, big medical, big insurance aren't fucking us over. And that's what government's supposed to do. Government's supposed to protect people like us from these big corporate fucking institutes that can manhandle and do whatever they want with money because of greed, because of capitalism, because of the bottom line. Right? To me, that's what this book is about. It's about how we, we've been sold out because we don't matter. People in human lives don't matter because the sugar industry. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but that's that's putting everybody as a victim, though, too. Aren't we? Why aren't we? Again, if, if you I have be to struggle to find food, Jason, if there's almost no food at my supermarket that isn't poison, this book says sugar is poison, and I'm pretty Correct. sure it's accurate. If yeah. almost all the food in my supermarket has sugar in it because mm-hmm. it's been added in some way by this this big institution which is preying mm-hmm. upon me, and it's not one corporation, it's many altogether in one industry, competing with mm-hmm. one another in order to get my money. If they're all trying to poison me, mm-hmm. is that am I not a victim? No, because you don't have to buy it. How? How? You don't buy it. What do I buy? How do I eat? You go to the produce section and buy stuff from there. So I, now I become a vegan. I'm not going to do that. Then buy some meat with your produce. All, all the meat that is available is corn fed. Well, now what do I do? I mean, at at some point you have to go. Oh fuck! Yeah, this is fucked. You're screwed. I don't, well, I don't necessarily believe that the whole corn fed thing means the meat's poison. I know it's not as good as grass fed, but at the same time, you know, probably most of those animals that are grass fed are also poisoned themselves. Just well because of everything anyways so like i i think i think instead of looking at it as like a, everyone's a victim i think you need to look at it as mitigating your exposure to the poison so you know you there are breads that don't have sugar in them you need to find them there are but, things but that none, none you know, of our breads are whole grain even though we keep saying that they are whole grain and that that's right, what well, you that's, should be eating that's that's and you wouldn't oh, like whole so. grain food because it's gross well, then don't eat that. You look but, at the label. You but, look at the ingredient packaging. It's not that hard. It just it, takes effort and time. It's a lot of work, and maybe I don't have time. Maybe I'm working two jobs to try to get by, so I don't have a lot of time. So what do I do? Vegetables. I eat the Subway diet because that's apparently healthy, according to marketing. Like, uh, I think it, it makes you into a rapist pedophile, but... Um, I would say just eat the vegetables and go vegan. I mean, that's simple. It's easy. You can buy I mean, fruit and vegetables. He, he says straight up, ve- vegan is probably not the answer for most of us. There no. are certain kind of genetic individuals who vegan might yeah. work great for, but for a lot of people, that would be very bad. Um, no. So you again, do what you like, can do. like the ideal that's, situation that's, would be we have like, way less yeah. processed food, and the processed right. food that we have doesn't have a well, bunch of added sugar well, to you, it. You, you, you know how you defeat that right no you just stop buying it that's that's how that works okay so is everyone else in america going to do it with me and join in this boycott against all processed food maybe no they aren't 
So it's that's, going to keep going, which is why which is why he writes but his you book. Can't, right? But you but you can't be like, well, I'm because everybody else is going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You Dude, just got to start hey, doing it yourself. Look, like, they all, then everybody else dies off. I'm You're being okay. hypothetical. Like I'm gonna well, I'm gonna try my damnedest to do it. Yeah, but but as good. I'm embarking on this journey, like my my son and I are probably going grocery shopping tomorrow. It's going to be a struggle. I'm sure, right? Um, and, and we're going to have to try to get our, our meat and stuff from the butcher again. And it costs yeah, a little I mean, bit more. Not, and it's not really guaranteed that that's going to be grass-fed either. No, it's in the middle of the country, man. And they only source from like locally produced stuff. So Ooh, it, it should most cool. likely be grass-fed. Because there aren't a lot of big factory farms for livestock around here. Our factory farms are the big big ag monoculture shit, like yeah. soybeans and corn. Right. Um, but you never know. You never know, too. It could very well be corn fed. But a lot of but, a lot of the cattle either, around here either, are grass fed. Either either way, it's still not in a plastic bag with, you no. know, Mc, oh. McDuffie's McDuffie's meat farm printed across it. Right. More than and, anything else. And it's probably way fresher than whatever I'm going to find at You know, all these or Walmart or any of that. But I'll, it's still, I'll say this. If you, hard, if you right? at, at your local grocery store, if you want to. You know, like when it comes to meats, don't buy Purdue or Smithfield. Oh, look yeah. for or Tyson. Look, for, look, look for the packaging that just has the grocery store label on it, because that's you know most grocery stores still have a butcher of kinds in it. So right. here's another thing, like and we do. You, you does, can, you can, but... you can stop and talk to somebody in the grocery store, and you know. If you want something or you need something, you know, the butchers will do it or they'll find it or they'll source it for you. That's one of the things that I think people have gotten out of because of the Amazonification of everything. It's like, right. if you want something from your grocery store or from your grocery store's, you know, meat section, you can talk to the, actually talk to the physical people that work for the grocery store and then they will help you get what you want. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people realize that anymore. I don't think so either, because because if you do that at Walmart, you're gonna get some like sixteen year old kid who's like, what? Like, and, and yeah. they probably can't do that for you because they're but a Walmart factory, they're a warehouse, right? And and that's I, I will say that's probably the saddest thing is like Walmart isn't a grocery store, but now it's people's grocery store, which right. kind of sucks. Right. No, dude, that no stinks. doubt it does. It but stinks. yeah, no, my local one has has a good butcher, and it. it's a local butcher, and we could probably go there. But we tend to get whenever we stock up big on on beef, we tend to go to a place uh, way out in the country that just uh, it's all local livestock um, and and such. But you know, that's also quite the privileged thing to do. Number one, you need a certain amount of money to be able to do it because you're typically you're, I'm not going to go there on on a Tuesday to be like, oh yeah, I think I'm gonna have ribeyes tonight like no i'm gonna go there and place like a 200 300 maybe 500 order and pick up a bunch of meat and then in order to do that you need a deep freeze so if you're if you're like some you know poor guy living in a section 8 housing or section 9 housing or something doesn't have a deep freeze and doesn't have transportation yeah you can't do any of that shit so you end up in a situation where especially the poor or anybody who's living in kind of a food desert sort of environment doesn't have those kinds of options. Um, or is, yeah, is living off staff, ref- you know? But if you got a refrigerator, you should, you should be able I, – I think 
You can do some of it, but you you can't buy half a cow and put it in the fucking no. Well, freezer I mean, most, people, or most people wouldn't. Yeah, but most people wouldn't know what to do with half a cow, anyways. That's, uh, but we. Do. I mean, you, you, it, it's a it's a systemic problem from top to bottom. I mean, it's you know people don't understand that you can cook. People don't understand that you don't have to buy McDonald's. People don't understand that you know. Well, it, and McDonald's is, is addictive. Bad. McDonald's is addictive, right? Yeah. Like it, the food is is addictive. Sugar is addictive. Um, it's easy. It's abundant. It's cheap. And and I'm poor. And I'm in a hurry. And I'm going from one job to the next. I mean, right? Like, well, see, that's so. Here's here's my problem. So I've I've worked in blue collar industry forever now, and one of the things I always see, and it doesn't matter who it is. Like, I bring leftovers for my lunch or my dinner. You know, whatever we cook that doesn't get made, I specifically take that. Yeah. And I've seen everybody from guys that make a shit ton more money to me to guys that don't make what I make. And it's just people being lazy. Oh, it can it can be. It can be. I think you should be you know, careful though. I, like I see him I see him both I see both sides buying garbage and eating garbage right. and it's it's a choice. It's not a it's not Well, it and it, it could be. So so in your your situation, what, you got like an hour lunch? Uh, half an hour. Okay, half hour lunch. If you've got to like put something together, you've got to make your lunch the day before. You've got to be ready to heat it up whenever you get to work. You've got to have a place to store it at work. But I'm mm. assuming you got a fridge, right? No, I, um, use, it, a, I use a little cooler bag okay. thing. I mean, right. I, I've been in places that have fridges and right. have microwaves well, and stuff, it, but it, I've been in places that don't have that either. Well, what, what if your work doesn't have all that shit, doesn't have microwave, or there isn't a safe place for you to put a cooler? Or what if you're like me, you're working two jobs, so... So, okay, wait, in your car where it's going to get up to like 120 degrees this afternoon? Like, probably not, right? Um, So you got to take all that into account. You got to take all that into account. What if you're like Yeah, but it really isn't that hard, though. So you you get up at 5 in the morning. You go to your morning job, right? You work there Mm -hmm. till noon, but you've got to teach class at 1. So And you've got an hour drive in between there. So what do you do? You've got to get your five hours in the morning at this one gig. You can't clock in till quarter to seven or whatever. So what what do you do? I you know you eat a lunch meat sandwich throw, or some shit. I like, throw I throw some apples, bananas, or whatever in a bag. You know, if you got time, maybe make a peanut butter sandwich or lunch meat sandwich. That sounds good. Right? But if you don't have but, a cooler, but even that, make a peanut I mean, that's, butter sandwich. That's not a great meal, right? So well, then, would I you mean, be you tempted to be like, and vegetables. Ah, I'm tired of. Eating lunch meat sandwiches or peanut butter See, and jellies. Okay, so that's, I'm just gonna hit probably, the drive through this afternoon. That's, that's right? I think it's the, pretty easy to do that kind of shit, isn't I, it? I think I I think that might be the problem. It's it's a matter of perspective. See, I don't care about eating the same thing day in day out. Well, doesn't, hey, doesn't I don't I don't really either. But you're talking to a guy yeah. who's who's ate salami for every lunch for like the last year and a half, which apparently is killing me 
thank you, metabolical. I'm going to try to avoid that going forward, right? But not everyone's like us, again, right? Um, I think a lot yeah, of people would be like, well, the best part the, of my day is lunch, and I like going yeah. to Wendy's or McDonald's. Like, see, but that's 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 an assumption that we're anything special and we're not, so that's the problem. It's like no, that, I, that's, I think we're probably quite a bit different than, than a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, that's a good thing. In some ways, that's a bad thing. But Because I, no, I, I think a, a, a lot of people probably look forward to that lunch. <laughs> I think a lot of people probably do. Right? Because like, I hate my job, but I get to leave for an hour at, at, you know every every day and, and go to Nancy's Pizzeria or something like really I think people look at it that way and maybe that's a uh. problem with with us in food that we've taken food from being something that just provides sustenance to like a reward system. That's in, in, probably a fucking problem. He talks about that in the book, right? Because if everything has sugar in it, Jason, everything's a dessert. And that's us rewarding ourselves, isn't it? Mm. With, you know, Subway bread, which is a confectionery. A donut. In Ireland. Right? No, totally, dude. Totally. All right. All right. So let's get some final thoughts here. I got to pee. Let's end this shit. Ditto. <laughs> My light just died. All right. Uh-oh. So what? you got final thoughts or, or were you just throwing that at me? <laughs> I don't know. You got any final thoughts about this? What do you think? I mean, it definitely what what I like about it is that I feel like he really explains why the things that I have done have worked in the past and that things that I can change to try to be even healthier and, and the reasons why you know, I, I haven't put on my, my my maximum weight again. Like like I've been up to like two eighty before and I'm in like the two thirties. Um and whenever I first went keto, I dropped like sixty pounds like crazy and then I hovered around two hundred and then over the last two years or so, maybe three, I've I've been slowly, slowly, you know, gaining five pounds here, five pounds there until I'm back up to about two thirty. But I haven't gone up anymore after that. And I think this book explains kind of why that's happened. And in the past, I've been kind of relying on like like diet and nutrition things that are like, here's the diet that I used and I'm ripped. Like, you know, it's all it's what he calls the N equals one from a study where it's like, I'm the only person in the study. This worked for me, might work for you too. And um and you know, I feel like that's how I got on keto was some dude was like, Nope, works for me and you know, here's here's the diet. This is how much fat you gotta consume, here's how much uh carbs you gotta consume, and then protein in the middle and then no sugars and i'm like all right i'll try that and like it worked for me but i didn't Mm. know why right and after reading this book i can go okay i think i know why and knowing why helps explain to me why certain things are foods that i should continue to eat and certain foods are things that i should probably avoid um and then, you know, just just to reiterate that, you know, a lot of the things that, that I think I was doing were good things to do. Um, and that, that for me, the ketogenic diet is probably the right one. But again, everyone's body type is different. Um, and and I, I like that about this book uh, a lot, too. And then just the science behind it that like. Like your doctor doesn't know what to t- what to tell you, and so all they're going to try to do is treat the symptoms. I feel like we've talked about that over and over, right? On, yeah. on this on this podcast and el- elsewhere. And something that I hate about our, about our country is that I feel like that's all we do. We we just pill, treat bro. the symptoms, right? Um, the pill. 
Yeah, but, but none of it's about getting to the underlying cause, right? We're like, well, you're depressed. Well, that's, Here, that's take an heart. antidepressant that will give you so, some some of those hormones that you're missing out on. And, and I'm like, but funny. why was I depressed? Why was that happening? Like, well, see, see, it's funny you mention that because that's sort of the exact argument I was making about the whole food thing is that the reason why we treat the symptoms is because it's easy and treating the disease is hard. Just like it is eating clean and proper is hard. So that's, or, or is it because we're fucking idiots, Jason? Like, right? Because well, we're hey, like, well, hey, wait, wait, your foot no, hurts, no, so let's make the no, pain go away. Here's no, a pill that not. makes it so you can't feel pain instead of like Dan, fixing your fucking foot. Dan, we're, we're not idiots. Remember, the brain loves a shortcut. The human brain loves a shortcut. Anything that's easy. It will go for it every single fucking time, See, no matter what. And See, it will it will trick you into believing anything it can to make sure you use the easiest thing because like, why is it why is the shortcut the pre why why do you want the shortcut because it's the most energy efficient way because we're lazy as fuck I think it's the capitalistic yep. thing so if it made them more money to actually treat the cause of our diseases they do mm-hmm. that but since it makes so, them well, more if, money to treat I, the symptoms. But what if I told you that to cure your disease, you'd have to radically alter your entire lifestyle? Would you rather take the pill, or would you want to radically alter everything that you're doing every day? But how did we get there, Jason? Because the pill didn't originally exist. Right? Well, how, did, so, how did we so get? How did we get who, there? Who made how the did we pill? Get there? Someone said, "Oh no, like, no, no! It, you, you need to go. You need to go a step farther than that." The, the reason we have the pill to make the easy thing because people don't want the hard thing is because we stopped living. I mean, we, oh, we just covered it all. Agriculture, industrial revolution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a fucking, it's a fucking trap. This was the, this was going to be the end game forever. We just never saw it coming. I mean, to me, that's, that's the trap of capitalism, right? That, that it makes everything be it's about money in, in the bottom line <laughs> and therefore nothing else but, matters except the profit margin. And well, so I guess, I guess so that, that's where that's, you go. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the leverage to where our society has advanced. Right. I, I, I mean, guess, like, but like, what a horrible thing! Like, profit shouldn't be hmm. wrapped up in things like pharmaceuticals or medical stuff or insurance. Like, it—that's just not how it should be. Um, and maybe the food industry shouldn't be either. Because fuck me, if this is what the food industry does when they have carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they want, and I mean, it's it's like my old Coca-Cola argument, right? Like, well, you don't like you don't like big government. Well, it's a good thing that big government came along and told Coca-Cola they couldn't put cocaine in their product anymore because it's a highly addictive substance that was really bad for me, right? Um, now, instead, they've they replaced it with sugar, right? Yeah, good thing our big government came along and got rid of that. But what did they do? They replaced it with sugar, which is also addictive. And, and there's still caffeine in there, which is, is mildly addictive, too. Like, so... <sighs> Like we still need more big government to try to stop that stuff, and we need an FTC and, and, and a USDA that has some teeth that can fucking do something about this kind of stuff. Um, instead, we're, we're being preyed upon for money, right? And it's making so us the sick. Solution, so the solution is to take it in your own hands and start taking care of I, your own. I mean, Jason, you're talking about you people. You're talking about people who go on Facebook and believe whatever Trump fucking posts today, with, like Good. automatically. Like the massive Good. portion Let of the population poop. is is idiots, right? And so, and so are, can they read trust. books? 
Do they know trust how to read the, a book? Well, Dan, then trust the science that the universe will sort that out for you. I, I do not. I do not. Aww. Because, uh, but dude, the, the principle seems to be profit is, is what ultimately ends yeah. up being, being the yeah. final and, determinator. And if, here. But if you take yourself out of that game, all those people will die off. And then that'll be that. But so that see that's not my solution. This is why I was giving you mm. hell about your bike boycott thing. Like it's totally great if I get to play throw in the woods and I'm like I'm not paying that fucking poll tax. Fuck you. No one else is joining me. No one else is doing okay. that protest with me. So no change is going to happen because I'm one dude, right? Um, so right. I'm if I want to live and not get sick from the food that I'm eating, I have right. to do a lot of extra work. I'm also right. lazy. You know what I would like to do? I would like to be able to go to the supermarket and be like, yogurt's probably safe. But it's not because I'll have to pick up the yogurt and go, uh, how much sugar is in the – oh, my God. There's 27 grams of sugar in this? Why? All, all, I, all I'm saying is I can't wait for like 40 years from now when they figure out that everything that's been in a plastic package has been the real thing that's been killing us all this time. That would oh, be sure awesome. I'm sure that's not helping because we got microplastics in us now from, can't, ba- I from can't, various I things. Can, right? I cannot wait till that shit comes out. And it's like, well, I guess it wasn't the fucking processed food. It was the packaging the whole time. <laughs> I mean, this, I, I totally buy that this is part of it. No doubt there's lots of things that kill us, um, you know, air pollution, water pollution, all that kind of shit. But this can't be helping. Um, and, and again, I, I first started suspecting there was something wrong with our food industry when I tried to go keto and realized that, like, all the lunch meat I had been eating, like, I was, like, eating, um, uh, you know, roast uh, roast beef. And I'm like, all the roast beef has sugar in it. Like it's it's not sweet. Why does it? Why, why does it have sugar? In it? it should just buy just buy that raw cow and eat it raw. I, I mean, basically, but but then then again, you know, I have to make sure it's grass fed, or it will have those omega sixes yeah. in it, and I don't well, have I don't have enough omega threes in my diet to bounce out the omega sixes. Eat some fish and get your mercury levels up. I don't. I don't want to eat fish. I don't like fish. And even then, Jason, if I eat that fish, like you said, so there could be there's mercury in it. But oh, also, there is mercury. It, in all, there I, is mercury in I, all the fish you're eating. Eat That's fish, it, There's a big chance that that fish is factory farmed, which means it fed fucking corn too. So it's also going to have omega sixes in it, along with the omega threes. I don't. I don't think fish eat corn. Yes. Yes, they do. How do they get fishy corn? Trust me, they do. Really? If you're in a fact, if you're in a factory fish farm, <laughs> you're not eating algae and natural shit that you would normally eat while you're in the ocean or in a stream. You're eating some sort of fish feed, which is probably some sort of processed corn product. Wow. Yeah, it's fucked up. That's and actually, that's one of, it's that's one of the things amazing. he talks about in this book. It's one of the things he talks about in this book. So basically, I'm eating corn, even whenever I think I'm eating meat. Right, which means I look like this instead of like Brad Pitt when he was at his peak, which is so, how I'd look otherwise. I think. So yeah. once again, we 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 go back to how once we developed agriculture, we basically set about destroying ourselves. I mean, I don't think it had to be that. What I mean, one of the points of this book is that before we started to highly process things, 
the food was pretty healthy and he there wasn't a lot of type 2 diabetes and there wasn't childhood obesity and you commented on that earlier and I'll, that, I'll, where I'll did that you, come I'll from give you, when we started processing give you, food like crazy in like I'll the give 60s you, I'll and give 70s you, I'll give you the childhood obesity but that was also related to actual access to food the type 2 diabetes claim I mean I feel like that's probably correct but because, you know, oh, I don't know, we really didn't test for that or know that was real until fairly recently in human history. I think well, that's kind of a, that's a but, leap. But one of the one of the most common side effects of type 2 diabetes is obesity. So, okay. presumably, if like 70 or 80% of the people with type 2 diabetes are obese, you would have seen more obese people. But you don't have to be fat to have you, diabetes. You don't so. have to, but but like seventy to eighty percent of people who do have type two diabetes are. So you would have had an environmental, like a visual thing, a cue to that back then, Jason, for right. sure, for sure, because that's those are the numbers today. And one of his points is that that shit's going up, and it's going up at a faster rate than what they projected. So something's wrong. Like, there's some factor that they haven't factored in, and he's kind of zeroed in on it. He's like, I think it's what we're eating. And I well, think yeah. it makes sense that it's probably what we're eating. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah, all it's, garbage. It's fucked. It's, fu- it's fucking horrible. And I feel like, I, like I'm going to have to become, like, a full-time chef at home now. And, like, beyond that, I'm going to have to, like, extra be super extra careful whenever I'm buying things at the supermarket and the grocery store because you can't trust everything that's out there. And I already kind of felt like that whenever I went keto, and I feel more like that now that I've read Metabolical. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I I think the the key is to, you know, work a little bit at it. You know, I think I think you can't go like oh whole hog in it. That's that's like the I mean, let's put it this way, you know, you rarely do cure an addiction by just going cold turkey. So that's well, that's a problem on its own. I beat most of my sugar addiction. I'm I'm not concerned about that. But we'll we'll see how it goes, man. I'm I'm we're starting it potentially this week. We're gonna try real food. And I uh I Good. processed a couple chicken breasts tonight myself with these hands. Let me tell you, that chicken fat, folks, make sure fingers oh nice and soft. It's You're so gross. soft. It's You're so, so nice. It's so nice. And then I cooked some um, honey sriracha chicken, which had some natural, Ooh. locally sourced honey in it, and it was delicious and spicy. Yeah, your sriracha, and your sriracha sauce had high fructose corn syrup in it. Nope. This one did not, because I made sure it did not, but it did have a very, very small amount of sugar, but it was not the main ingredient. Um, done. Yep, yep. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a chili sauce. Failed I think it's before gonna, you started. But, um, and I also had some brown rice, which is a high in insoluble fiber. I'm trying it. Real food. Start right now. Okay, we'll we'll come back in two weeks when you're gnawing on your own arm. I, I think we we come back in a year and find out like if I'm alive or if I feel healthier. We'll see. You're gonna look like uh, Christian Bale from The Machinist. Yeah, no doubt. Super skinny. What? Why are you so skinny, Dan? There's nothing to eat, Jason. You can't eat any of it. I went okay. I went on the Machinist diet and ate apples and drank coffee, and that was it. You know. It, it seems like, though, that he shows that just how healthy it is to just eat real food. But if I had any critique of the book, I wish that it went 
deeper into what the hell he means by real food. Um, you know, and he could just well, kind of lay that Dan, out. Dan, Dan, that's because that's the next book. Oh, you well, got, no, you, no. You um, gotta remember, you gotta remember, so it, you gotta it, remember. Any of those of you a product. who read read the book and were like, "Oh my god, I got to do this!" He actually has a free cookbook that's online uh, called uh, something Fat Chance, um, and it's a cookbook. And he has a little bit of his research up front, and then he has a bunch of different recipes using real food to make all the things that you want, like ranch dressing, um, various different yes. sauces, all sorts of breakfast items that don't involve uh, sugared cereals. Like, So he does have a free cookbook that's online, Fat Chance. You can go look it up. Um, and it does it does have recipes that use real food. Now, is it more work? Yeah. And, and I think my fear is, and again, we kind of touched on this before, is that not everyone has the time to do meal prep or, or to do all this stuff. And it costs a little bit more, I think, to buy real food, you know? So... I don't again I fear that it comes down to an economical thing and a time thing and that time thing is linked to economics. If you're working three jobs and have, you know, three kids and you shuttle them from from school to soccer practice to whatever, that's hard, right? Um it's hard to eat healthy then when there aren't any out, fast fast healthy out, chances. Then cut out soccer practice yeah. and yeah, spend right? more time then doing meal prep. Tell your kid they can't play the sport they love because I have to make this healthy, healthy meal for you. They have to eat um, healthy. Yeah, that doesn't sound like I'm part of a cult at all, Jason. Yeah, I'll try that. I'll see how that works. <laughs> My daddy said I can't play soccer anymore because of metabolical. Yeah. Hey, man. That, that'll go over. That'll go over. Hey. Hey, you know, you you want to make that lifestyle choice? You got to go whole hog. <laughs> With that, we probably better get the hell off here. I know at least one of us has to work tomorrow. Um, I got to. It's not I'm me. There you are. There you are. Jason, thanks so much, man. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure talking about this good. book. Thanks for turning turn me on to it. I'm going to try yeah, it. I'm going to try to live it. by it. See how it good. works. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll see you all hopefully next weekend for our, our big... Oh, finale, two years, two years of the crazy <sighs> 2D1C podcast. We'll we'll catch you all next time. Christ Almighty. <laughs> <laughs>